the two most successful teams in the UK, millions of fans worldwide, and brought to you by a pair of f***ing wolves. It's the Red Side Rivals Social. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Red Side Rivals Social. OMG, it's episode 17, and it's another European special. My name is Brad, and I'm the United fan of this uh, ensemble. With me, as ever, is Mr. Lee Boy. Hello, everybody. Hello, how Match are you? Match day three, the European champions are back in action, mate. It is. Match day, or game week, as we call it here, because we're weird. <laughs> I prefer match day these days. Do you? Yeah. Why, are you, why are you going to I'm UEFA? changing my allegiances. You're as corrupt as UEFA. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so, since the last podcast, actually, um, we had a little game of uh, football on, on the Wednesday night, didn't we? How was we we you the next day? Oh, aching, mate. I was genuinely I dead. I like I've been battered and kicked and punched. That was the first game I've played in like, over a month. And, uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it, though. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? But, oh, God, I was dead. So, uh, after while we've rested our legs, we're going to bring you the European special. Because obviously um, you need your likes for a podcast. And do you know what's weird, mate? Is we actually both won. Oh, in the Europe. Wait a minute. I thought you were still talking about forty. We're like, no, it's in the <laughs> But yeah, we did both win. I mean, two it's a rare occurrence, isn't it? Two contrasting performances, but surely um, that's got to be the first podcast in a while we've actually both won. What in Europe? In, in general. <laughs> in general. Well, yeah, we're not used to it. <laughs> so um, obviously, with the European special, we usually just bring you like. Um, a bit of the reviews and then a bit of information on the actual European competition itself. But with the last episode being such a long one, because it was the United and Liverpool one, obviously, so there's loads of debate and, and stuff in there. Yeah, like, yeah, VAR, a lot of VAR. Don't get me started again. Yeah, oh God, he's regressing. <laughs> um, he's lost sleep over VAR. <laughs> you okay now? I, I, I hate it, mate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously the news about the Ballon d'Or broke last week. And we wanted to put it in that one, but like, I, as I say, it was such a big podcast. So we're going to just shove it in the start of here and go through the Ballon d'Or and some of the um, some of the information that's coming through The key nominations. That. Yeah, so obviously it's a, it's a heavily focused Liverpool award for the bloody men, isn't it? It's but, un- um, unbelievable, man. Yeah, so... Seven nominations, mate. Yeah, mental. But before we get to that, I've got some... Ballon d'Or info to drop on you. Drop it like so. Yeah, so all the all the people listening can dazzle the friends with Ballon d'Or information. <laughs> Knowledge. So would you like to hear it, Lily? Yes, please. Sir. Okay then. So it's a French award. Okay. So it's just a, it's just a, a French football award that honours the best players throughout Europe, and it's been going since 1956. We just check that. Well, obviously not just, but I've checked it. Yeah. So it's been going since 1956, and it's awarded by sports journalists, international coaches, and international captains. So they're allowed to vote. It was always just sports journalists at first, but then international captains and coaches were allowed to come in and vote. First ever winner of the Ballon d'Or was Sir Stanley Matthews in 56 when he played for Blackburn, uh, Blackpool, not Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, I didn't play for a different team. Uh, played for Blackpool. And the most ever wins that have come out of the Ballon d'Or are obviously, you must know this. Ronaldo. And Messi. Yeah, with five each. And what does Ballon d'Or mean in Francais? Best football. No. Quite close. It means golden ball. Oh, okay. So, winners from our clubs. So, United have had in there winners before. We've had Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton, George Best and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. 
and Liverpool. Michael Owen. Michael Owen. Is that it? it? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking th- when I was looking through this, I thought, hang on, have I missed something there? So I went back to like the eighties, thinking there must be a Liverpool like player. Kenny Daglish or yeah, Ken Keegan. Literally, well, Keegan's won it, but not for Liverpool when he was in Germany. I think playing for Hamburg or someone like that. And the closest you got was Daglish with a second. Well, Ian Rush as well. It's mad, isn't it? You've been snubbed there through the Absolutely 80s, I crazy. think. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the previous winners for us. So, just a bit of information before we dive into the Ballon d'Or. Stats. You. Yeah. So, go on then. I'll let you you hit us off with who's been nominated for the actual award for the men because... So, we're just going to break it down into key ones or do you want me to start off with... You can give us all your players. The main ones. Yeah. The only ones that matter, really, is the local ones. Yeah, go on then. Well, not for me, but... <laughs> so, obviously, Sadio Mane has been nominated... We've got Alexander Arnold in there as well, Becker, Gini Vinaldum, Bobby Firmino, Van Dyke, and Salah. Yeah, that's a it's lot. Un- it's it? unreal, but we did win the European Cup after all, didn't we? So, you did, yeah. And, and we had a very good like Premier League journey, although we didn't win anything, as you always say, we came second. Yeah, well, we did. <laughs> so I can see why there's a, a lot of Liverpool players in there, um, and if we don't win it... <laughs> I think I'll be devastated mate. you've think, got six nominations is yeah. it 30 I've not actually counted but I don't know I know it's, it's quite a long list isn't it yeah, it's but huge I think definitely either someone from Liverpool should win it really there or at least get into or, the top three yeah or, or a Premier League player is going to win it I believe I believe so I believe I feel like the Premier League was really strong last year I think it's a really hard one to, to actually pick as well like, out of all the Liverpool players other than Van Dyke, who's one of the most obvious ones, I suppose. Yeah. Like, who would you pick out the rest of them? It's hard. They're, they've all been good for different reasons, haven't they? And throughout the season at different times. Yeah, admittedly, you've you had a really, really strong season last season. There was loads of standout players, weren't there? And I think that's reflected in the voting, really, to be honest. But who else was nominated then? So we've got Raheem Sterling, which is a good shout. He had a good season last year, didn't he? Yeah, it's a good shout, to be fair, yeah. Eden Hazard, equally a good season for Chelsea. Yeah, same. And Anton Griezmann. Oh, yeah. Third Ke- last year he was. Again, a good player. Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, good player. Injured a lot last season, though. Lewandowski's in there. Right. You've got Son at Spurs. Son, that's a good shout. Yeah, he's... He won't win it, but no, it's a good shout it, to be nominated, isn't it? Bernardo Silva. One really random one, mate, is Mares. I just don't get that at all. He didn't hardly feature for City last year. Mares. And he didn't really play particularly that well. Do you know what I feel like? And I'm just going to jump the gun because I know you're going to say it in a minute, but Aubameyang's in there as well, which I think is another... But he banged in loads of goals in the Premier League, He did score a lot, yeah. But I feel like there's been a few, maybe, African nominations because they don't always get... Um, a look no, in a look in really yeah, yeah. So, and I feel do you think that's why there's so many nominations especially with all the racism stuff as well recently I feel like they've banged in some African nominations maybe just to be like oh look we are we, we are like looking at minorities and stuff like that but I don't know if, if that's true that might just be me barking at the wrong tree but you, know, you never know you you wait for the mate yeah, I, I know <laughs> well I don't know if they're corrupt anymore but they definitely were so. and then obviously you've got Messi, Ronaldo Delex in there um, Van der Beek Ter Stegen Mbappe, Lloris, De Jong, Aguero, and Tadic. Right. And again, Tadic is another random one. I know he had a good yeah. season at Ajax, but like... Him and um, De Ligt were probably the standout players for Ajax, weren't they? Uh, in that in that Champions League run. Van de Beek as well. Oh, yeah, so I forgot about him, yeah. And obviously, I forgot to mention one. Ben Zimmer as well. Like, how has he got in there? Ben Zimmer. <laughs> He's always in and around Honestly. for some reason. So I think, like I say, I think it goes down to a, a three selection, doesn't it? before they actually announce the, the overall winner. Yeah, so it's a top three, yeah. So who would your top three be, sir? Obviously, See, being a new Liverpool fan, you might put all three Liverpool players in there. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I'd go top three. In order, third to first. Third, 
I'm going to go, oh, Salah in there. Yeah. I think they might go, I'm, this is, a, I'm, my betting head's on here, right? So forgive me, United <laughs> fans. But I'm going to go Mo Salah third, Antoine Griezmann second, Van Dijk first. Good shout. Don't what get do me right, think? though. Yeah, well, I know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that's a terrible top three, but go on. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to say in third, we were messy. Second, Sadio Mane. And I agree with first place, I think Van Dijk will win it. Yeah. I just feel like, it's time to move on from Messi and Ronaldo. You're probably right. Messi I think are, one of them are getting there. I they? think Messi probably will be in there because of obviously they got to the semi final. But for me, like you said to me before, um, off off air, like that, we, if Messi had got Barcelona through to that final, I think he'd probably win it. Like he bottled it on field, didn't he? Bottled it big time. And I mean, I suppose he scored that world other free kick at the new Camp, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, put them ahead. He, he, he bossed that game in the new Camp, but he just hid behind people's shadows at Anfield. He just didn't the ground just swallowed him. It just and then obviously that then affected Barcelona's season for yeah. the rest of the campaign. I just feel like it's time to move on for them. As good as they've been, like we just mentioned, they've won five Ballon d'Ors apiece. Let's move on now and let's start on some of the players that are coming through and some some of these brilliant players. But yeah, so good uh, good top threes. Good well, top see, when's it now? Is it the second of December? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, second of December. So it's uh, in Paris. It'd be interesting to find out if. Like you say, they do go with a new direction or whether they just give it to Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. If Ronaldo and Messi are in the top three, I think that's a bit of a joke. All, I mean, it's not a joke because they're amazing, but I feel like, right, okay, you've honoured them so many times. There's a massive list there of players. Just let's move on now and start honouring some other players. But some of the things I'm into context, like Ronaldo, as good as he is, he's not scored a free kick in 28 attempts for Juve, has he? Whoa, that's a stat. You love a stat. I love you. a stat. <laughs> You're such a stat, man. <laughs> So like you can tell there's a, a bit of a, de- a decline, like they're, they're coming down the peak. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, it's it's only um, it's only, it's only natural, natural, isn't it? Natural, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes on the second of December. I'm right? just made up with so many Liverpool players, mate. Yeah, I bet you are, you bastard. <laughs> so it's not just to honour the, um, the first team players of, of male football. There's also a best goalkeeper award in there, which is called the Lev Yashin Award which is named after the Russian goalkeeper who's the only keeper to ever have won the Ballon d'Or. It's mad. Mad, isn't it? There's been a few, like, Oliver Kahn's been in there, there's been a, a few other keepers that have finished, like, uh, Peter like, Schmeichel. In the top so three. Kind of top two, three, yeah, yeah, but never actually won it. So the nominations for best goalkeeper, the Yashin Award, are Liverpool's Alisson. Worthy shout. Yeah, City's Edison. Chelsea's Arizabalaga. Spurs' Lloris. Munich's Neuer. Inter Milan's Handanovic. Madrid's Jano Black, Ajax's Oh na na, what's my name? Warcheck Chesney of Juve, and Chesney. <laughs> mad one mate, oh uh, and Ter Stegen of Barcelona. You can even get the Arsenal team now. He's in the Bandai nomination. Mad isn't it? Crazy. Mad on fo- football, eh? Uh, so I'm going Jano Black on that all day. You're you know Alisson. what I'm going to say? Yeah, you're going Allison, obviously. Aren't you? Or um, City's Edison. Edison, really? He's like his all round gameplay, mate. He's, he can play in midfield, can he? He's like. Unreal, the ball, really. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant with his feet. He's probably the best technical and, goalkeeper in the league. Or... And when he's in City's, in City's net, they are unstoppable, aren't they? But when he's not on the team, they're a bit weaker. Yeah, well, the goalkeeper's Claudio Bravo, so what do you expect? What do you expect? <laughs> but I reckon the one you just said, obviously, he's got a shot as well. Yes, yeah, kept so many clean sheets. He's like a baller, really. So there's also a young player award, which is called the Copper Trophy. So that's presented to the best under 21 performer at the Ballon d'Or. Ones to watch for the future. Yeah, it's it's obviously the same as the men's. There's a big, massive shortlist and it gets whittled down. Previous winner of last year was Kylian Mbappe. So the nominations for that one are... 
I'll give you some of the ones that are more known to us first. So, Jaden Sancho, Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Matteo Guendouzi of Arsenal. He's all right. Yeah, well. he's all right, isn't he? The Italian, Moisa Keane at Everton. I, I still I, think it's mad they signed him. You see, I'll be honest, mate, I never heard of him until Everton signed him. I, I didn't mean heard I of his quads, that's all I know. He's got the biggest legs I've ever seen in life. <laughs> so like, it'd be unfair for me to actually judge because he's hardly played for Everton this year as well. So. Well, I don't think anyone's hardly played for Everton this year, hopefully, to be fair. And then there's Juve's Delict, Vinicius Jr. of uh, Madrid. Madrid. Then you've got Jao Felix. He's at Atletico Madrid, isn't he? Yep. You've got... Kai Havertz of Leverkusen, who I think he's he, well linked with him. Yeah, yeah, linked with him. Ninety million they want for him. Goalkeepers in there: Andrei Lunin, who's Valladolid and Ukraine keeper. Villarreal's winger Samuel Chukwueze. Wowzers! I got through that one somehow. <laughs> and Lee Kangin. I'm not sure who he is. No one knows who he is. Plays for Valencia, so he's not going to win, is he? Nah. Sorry, lad. Sorry, mate. But yeah, so I think who are you saying on that one? It's some good. I think Jao Felix is obviously one dubbed an extra Ronaldo, isn't he? Yeah, I think Portuguese football. If he can kick on, he'll. And he went for massive money, didn't he, to Madrid? Yeah. Delict again, massive money, quality defender. I think they're going to give it to Delict, aren't they? Because he's not, not yeah. going to win. And then they don't have to give him the main one. No, that's right. He's not going to win the main one, is he? He carried Ajax at times last year, didn't he? Yeah, he's like he was the main man. He was only 19. And he's, well, he's above his, his actual years, isn't he, really? Yeah, he was only 19 back yeah, then. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's like, I think and he's, he's the captain, isn't he? I think he deserves it. Yeah, I think that. Either him or Sancho, but I think... I yeah, think oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about Jordan. I think, yeah. think they like to win that. So, that's all the men's awards, but there's also... Um, the women's Ballon d'Or. There's also the women's Ballon d'Or, yeah. So, that only came in last year, the, the Ballon d'Or for the women. Who won it last year? It was the Norwegian girl, um, she plays for Leon, obviously, because like, Leon are the team to the beat in women's beat. football, aren't they? Ada Hegerberg, she won it last year. And she is a Norwegian who famously snubbed the Norway national team. Random. I know, yeah. I don't know what it was over, but... So, I'll just go through... Obviously, we'd, we'd not... The key nominations. Yeah, we're not big up on women's football, are we? Like we we're, we're trying, aren't we? We're getting there, aren't we? The mm. more we're watching it, the more we're getting into it, we're kind of knowing uh, some of the bigger women's names. But we'll just give you some of the, the key names. So, we'll start off with Lucy Bronze, who is... Ex uh, Liverpool, ex Liverpool player. Yeah, she made a big move to Leon. We've got Ellen White from City. Then we've got Sam Kerr, Chicago Red Stars. Don't know who that is. Am- Amadine Henri, Alex Morgan, who obviously is the USA international who is well, the final. Yeah. Who's w- well known. We know about her. Marta, who is Orlando Pride player. Now she is the most nominated player from the female FIFA awards, which is obviously a separate award mm. that used to be part of the Ballon d'Or. But, but it's separated. Yeah, now, separated. So she's the one that's been most nominated. So she's obviously going to be in with the shout. You've got Re- Megan Rapino in there from Rain FC, who won the FIFA Best Player earlier in the year, up with with Van Dijk, who won the men's one. So she's obviously going to be in with the shout. You've got Wendy Renard of Leon. Vendal of Atletico Madrid, Leek Martins again of Barcelona, Tobin Heath, who's another American, another American yeah. And you've got two players from T- CD Tycon, Sofia Jacobson, Kosova Alani, Sarah Buhadi of Leon, Zenfer Marazan of Leon, Pernille Harder of Wolfsburg, Vivian Miliendema of Arsenal, and Neela Fisher of Lincoln Pings. So yeah, like, as I say, we have literally that was just a list of women's names for us, wasn't it? It was. I really could pick yeah. out four there that I <coughs> yeah, know. Yeah, four or five, don't you? Yeah, 
So, uh, but I'll keep my eye on that and see who wins it. Who do you think? I'm going to say Lucy Bronze. Just because... let's, let's do the top three. Come on. Oh God, this is, names. Be... This, okay, is, this is right. Here we go. Isn't it? Let's see. I think I might smash this. Right. I'm going to say. I'm going to say top three. I'm going to say Megan Rapino because she won the FIFA Best Women's. I'm going to say Alex Morgan number two because she is obviously brilliant for America. And then I'm going to say Lucy Bronze because Leon won the Champions League. Joe Minus. Exactly the same. You know what, man? It's exactly the same. <laughs> so I thought you were going to throw at me then. It's going to be in number three. In number three? Tobin Heath. Tobin Heath. Yes. We don't know who she is. Yeah, She's Tobin. American. Yeah, oh, we're, she, we're, yeah. Okay, you know who she is. And then going to say... In at number two. In at number two, previous winner. Megan Rapino. Hederberg. Oh, oh, he's got... Oh, my word, he's throwing in Edda Hegerberg for the second year here. And then number one. Lucy Bronze. You're both going Lucy Bronze. Yeah. I think she deserves it. I mean, I can't really tell but you why. That was just really a guess, mate. Yes, yeah, so was mine completely, <laughs> mate. But we're only pretending like we know because we're on air. So, um, so yeah, so that's the Ballon d'Or covered. So, um, like I say... Good luck to, to all nominations. Yeah, good luck to everybody involved, except for any Liverpool contingent, Fine. obviously. We don't want them to win anything else. We've had enough, haven't no, we? Another thing for us followers. to win, Yeah, it will be. It'll just be another thing for them to... Me to gloat about, about yeah. on the podcast. So, um, like I say, we wanted to bring you that in the um, in the news section of the last one, but it was such a big episode, we, we thought we'd split it out and put it into the European one. So let's get back on track with what we usually do in this European one. Let's review our European games. So you always play first because you're because we're in the in Champions the bloody League. Champions and you're League. in Europa League. Yeah. So go on then, mate. Who do you have? So we were playing Genk, and that's not Ghent. Genk. Yeah, there's... No way. What happened with that story? Have you heard that story, mate? Go on, just let... let so there's, there's two scouts lads that had tickets to the match. Yeah. And they booked a trip to what they thought was Genk, but they actually booked a trip to Ghent. That is so annoying, So they booked, that. like, accommodation, flights, went to one of the local pubs, asked for directions, and they said, well, you're in the wrong city for a start. Burnt. Absolutely burnt. And then um, by the point they realised, obviously, they were in the wrong place and how long it would take to actually get to where they're meant to be, they just decided to watch in a pub. Well, in Radio One, actually, we're looking for them. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday to get them live on the show to obviously rip into them. <laughs> and it's gone viral, it's all over social no media way. now with a picture of them with the tickets in the no hand. Way. Like sad faces. Really? Absolutely really. hilarious, mate. Classic. So, obviously, we're going away from home, mate. Yeah. Um, and we've not been playing particularly that well away from home in the Champions League no, this year or been. last. So, how we got to the final, I don't know. So, obviously, Genk are actually sitting sixth. In their domestic league, in the Belgian, in the Belgian, yeah, that's got the likes of Club Bruges, Stade Liège, Ghent, (laughs) Antwerp, and Michelin. Never heard of them, to be honest. Right, so So they're they're only seven points off top, which is a miles away, like you guys. Yeah, you should be turning them over, shouldn't you? So they're sitting. I think they've only got twelve teams in that league. Is it a bit bit like Scotland? Yeah, it's a small league. Small league, yeah. But just before you go into it, I'm just going to say. Like Genk obviously aren't the best team, but they're such a good. Their academy must be so good. You've seen some of the players that they've brought through. I'll, I'll just give you a list. I can of name players. What? Yeah, <laughs> they've got they've brought through Courtois, who obviously is a Courtois who plays for Real now. And he's, he's absolutely shit now. Isn't he? But yeah, he was good. Yeah. Koulibaly, obviously the wall that plays for Napoli. Yannick Carrasco that plays for Atletico Madrid. Wilfred Ndidi, the Leicester central defensive midfielder, who's Fucking brilliant, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. Class. Don't really say anything else. Your man, David Carigi. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. Your old man, Christian Benteke. <laughs> still getting our team, apparently. 
<laughs> apparently is he thinks he can get in your team yeah but and that's that's where my list ended I said Christian Benteke is a red more but that's yeah. that's mad that their academy must must be spot on to be like a spot town around Europe yeah and it's, it's a, only a small town as well yeah it's only got like, like a 70,000 population or something Mental. it's an absolutely tiny yeah. town so you so need to be just turning these over mate <laughs> well we needed to be but one thing I want to mention as well is did you, have you seen the kit by the way no it's a bit like um, the Brazil kit of 2002. Do you remember the white bit in the sleeve? I'll show you a picture of it now. <laughs> Holy shit, that is old school Brazil top. Old yeah. school. Absolutely class kit. Scrubbers. Scrubbers. <laughs> Get some new designers. So yeah, going back to the game itself, mate. Yeah. So obviously we go into this game after getting beat by Napoli 2-0 away. Sorry, no, the last game was um, Salzburg, wasn't it, yeah. actually? I apologise. Where we beat them 4-3, but we got beat, obviously, 2-0 away to yeah. Napoli. So Klopp made five changes to the team. Allison came back in goal. Lovren played. <laughs> Face says it all. Milner went in at right back because um, Trent had a bit of a sickness bug or slight injury. Ox played, which was a good thing to see after the, coming on against United and playing well. And Naby Keita featured as well. The old Keita feature. So then, obviously, we had a bit of injury news. Shakiri's still out. Don't know when oh, he's has back. he been injured, has he? Yeah, he's been injured, apparently. His he's legs are too big. <laughs> His legs are too big. Um, Trent was out injured, obviously. Robbo was meant to be rested, but I think due to the injury to Trent, he ended up playing. Right. Matip was injured as well, and Genie was on the bench. The game itself, mate, it was, it was a game of two hours. I keep saying this quite a lot recently, especially the United podcast of the weekend. So the game started with an early goal. We were here before we actually played foosball. Yeah, yeah. So obviously it was um, after two minutes where in, it's like an inside pass by Fabinho straight into the, the feet of um, the Ox who controlled it quite well, found a lot of space in the edge of the box and just smashed it into the bottom corner, didn't he? Yeah. Like a slight def- deflection. And I was made up for the Ox. He had like a beaming smile on his face. It was the first goal he scored in the Champions League and for Liverpool in a while. Yeah, he was impressive I think against it, United, it, Yeah, it's his first performance in the Champions League for two years, which is like Whoa, madness, crazy. isn't it? So it was nice to see him on the score sheet so early to obviously get his confidence up. And then we just didn't look at the races at all mate we just like looked sluggish whether it was a bit of um, lack of confidence after the weekend against United I don't know right. they just didn't seem like the same side we've seen for like the last six months so we were often second to the ball give the ball away and we weren't winning the second balls it just looked we're a bit shit if I'm quite honest mm. and we are just losing the ball far too cheaply and I think because we were over trying it, it kind of left us on the counter attack so it was quite an open first half where right. we were exchanging blows early on with him gang so Genk had several chances where they should have scored really I remember one just before we left to go and play football actually they got in right behind us and um, Alisson pulled off a really good save was it Anu? Mm. we got in behind Van Dijk or Matip and Milner slid in and Alisson pulled off a really strong one of the save so that obviously stopped it becoming one all. hold it on mate. the only really positive I have from the first half if I'm quite honest is I don't know if you've seen it mate it was that audacious assist the Rabona pass by Firmino. Yeah, I nice. think I've shown you. Then I don't think you actually watched the game. No, you, you did show. But me, I've yeah. shown you like if that had come off, it must have been like the assist of the century. Yeah, that just that just shows. How it just confident showed. He is and he's just unreal, mate. Isn't he? Yeah. So like um, Manny, unfortunately missed it. He was like, he was a bit off balance anyway. To be fair to him, it was a hard chance to convert. It's just like a sexual pass, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after 25 minutes, they actually had a goal and um, disallowed by VAR. The other thing that we like. Oh my god. Yeah, so like um, we again got caught out in the counter attack. Yeah. Get managed to get people back in positions, but they managed to get like an in swinging crossing by Noah again, and um, obviously evaded everybody. And then I think it was Matt. It was beating the air. 
And they smashed an absolute worldie of a header. I think it's Samata. Smashed an absolute worldie pass him, Allison in goal. And then everyone was looking really confused. It's like, why is the ref like not pointed to the outway line like to give a goal? Yeah. And he went to VAR and he looked at one or two things. One was for leaning with the shoulder, which is a bit harsh. It was like, no, it's actually Milner, sorry. Yeah. It was like where they both jumped and he just started jumping Milner. Right. So really, his arm was up, but Milner jumped into his arm, so it would right. be harsh to dislike right. so for he's, that. Yeah, he's up there before it. But then he looks offside, and again, mate, the same thing we debated at the weekend. It was his arm, just like a slight lean, wow. and it was disallowed. It's just like, I won't go too much into it, because you know yeah, how I feel on VAR. It's just... It's tough, isn't it, with offsides? Like, I mean, if they're going to say it's black and white... Because you're run leaning, don't you? It? Yeah, yeah. So if, I think it, if it should be like a certain percentage of your body. Mm. If, I'd say, 20% of your body's offside then it's offside yeah like I mean, say, if, it's if, it's one, like, if it's like a finger millimetres it's yeah, just like give the benefits to the opposition it makes yeah. it more entertaining to watch doesn't it would have been shit for us wow, like so to be one all yeah so you got away with so it really got away with it really yeah and then Manny then showing off some really audacious ambitious skill and where he picked up the ball on the edge of the box slipped in like a little side pass into Rob and Rob should have scored to be fair he's getting bored quite a lot this season I've noticed but he needs to work on his finishing he's like a bit Raw, do you just swing your foot in and try and smash it like it's yeah. a bit giddy like we we have done? The most important thing about finishing it, you know, is to relax, isn't it? So we should have really scored, and then that was it for the first half, really, mate. We, were, we just weren't at the races, so we were lucky to go in at one nil. And then the second half was just like a completely completely different different game. Klopp had a go at half side. He must have he must have through the kitchen sink, mate, honestly, or through the hairdryer like Alex did. So we came out and controlled the match really, like we're showing off some nice little passes, in triangles, making the most of possession. There was nearly cries actually for a penalty by Genk. Would have been soft to give where um, we went on the counter attack, they caught us out again, got in yeah. behind. And then it's one of them where you he cut inside and Robbo turned his back. So his arm was out, but they kicked and he couldn't really do anything about it because he's like, I know you, we said in the podcast that weekend, handball is handball. So it, it hit his hand, did it? But he was facing the wrong way, so it was like, <laughs> See, it's he, kicked it against, he kicked it against him, didn't he? It's not like Robbo's gone out and stuck his arm out. I know, to try but what they're saying the is shot. if it hits anywhere on your hand or arm, so in, by the letter of the law that they're doing, that should be a pen then, shouldn't it? If it hits your arm, it's weird. There's too many grey areas in, in VAR, it's pathetic. And then after five, 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 after 55 minutes, yeah. it was 2-0, mate. Firmino again was involved, which he seems to be all the time in our goals. He works in space at the edge of the box, laid off a pass to the Ox, mate. And like I showed you this goal the other day, is like, he was this just in the edge of the... Amazing, he was like on the... I think it was just in the cusps of the 18-yard box and played a ball on the edge of the box. And then if you look at it, it's like, nah, he's not going to shoot from there. But he just scored this outrageous goal, mate, like outside of his foot. It was a brilliant goal. Like controlled, it curled as if it was going away from. Just dinked it with the outside of his yeah, foot. Yeah, no power involved. It's like precise, wasn't it? Yeah, just clipped the bar. Keeper was left standing it there. It went in off the bar. Just like take a bow. Yeah, you've got and, to applaud. And that. I think he was the, he's the first player to ever score in this goal. season's Champions League to score two goals outside the box. Really? Another stat there for you, mate. Okay. Love the stat. So at that point, mate, we were pretty much out of sight. We were controlling the game, using the ball well. After 76 minutes, we went up the other end of the field again. Nice work by Firmino, who was again the creator, mate. He's just absolutely everywhere. We seem to go through him for everything positive to do with Liverpool these days. Underrated, yeah? No, he's not underrated. <laughs> he's one of the top three world's best, in my opinion. You're, you're a different team when he's not there. He is, he's just like, he chases everything down, he's the creator, he's a godfather. He's the godfather. <laughs> <laughs> he's a don. 
So again, like I say, mate, he, he picks up a ball in the centre of the pitch, uses vision, works really well with Salah down the right-hand side of the pitch, and Salah played in a nicely weighted pass into Manny, like kind of run onto it. Keeper come rushing out, and like, as calm as you like, mate, just chipped it over him. It was just like another worldy finish. Typical Manny, he just doesn't miss. When you're putting through on goal these days, you can pretty much guarantee a score nine times out of ten. It's made, man. He's just unstoppable, mate, isn't he? He's just... Yeah, words can't describe our front three. When they're on form, it's just like they're unstoppable. It's like our, our full backs, best in the world. Front three, best in the world. Centre back, best in the world. Keeper, best in the world. Midfield, Midfield. best in the world. Manager, best Second. in the world. What can I say, mate? It's, it's good to be Liverpool fan. <laughs> One this year. <laughs> you've, you've got that on record. And then after, after 86 minutes, mate, we went up the end again on the counter attack and it's pretty much game over again, mate. Mane. Um, ran the gink defence for ragged really left him for dead played a nice ball into um, Salah and he's still at this point he's still a lot to work to do I think he had like three players around him didn't he yeah I saw this goal and, like really quick feet jig past the defenders and just slot it into the bottom left hand yeah, corner it's like a good finish so like all of our goals really were good finishes yeah. there's no tappings like really good team goals so at that point it's 4-0 you're thinking great I've got the, the actual result prediction oh shit he predicted 4-0 didn't he yeah. one, it's like 3-2 to late no wasn't to be Again, our defence let us down, lack of concentration. So they, um, it was actually a nice goal, to be fair. A bit sloppy. We didn't really clear our lines. Jigged in inside the 18-yard the box. Somehow got the ball at his feet and just smashed it past Allison. Keep had no chance. So 4-1. I don't that's care, really. Yeah, that's how it finished, mate. Right. A good performance in the second half. Not so much in the first half. But I don't care. We're still getting the wins. So we all go through spells of playing terrible. So, Especially in Europe, away from home. We, don't, yeah. we haven't played well in the last two seasons, have we? Do you know what, though? I mean... You, you don't look like the team that you are in the Premier League in, in Europe so much, I don't think, but each one of your European games has been an absolute belter of a game. You had the 2 High scoring. which was Napoli game, which was good. It was close up until the point they yeah. scored, wasn't it? And then you had the 4-3 belter against Salzburg, and then this game that had like VAR controversy, like amazing goals. Like, it's just mad. It was, you've had <laughs> some really good games. So one thing I would say is that the only negative really is that if you want to go further in the competition, is we need to improve in our performances early on in games because obviously the better teams you play, they'll yeah. punish us. We need to stop conceding goals and we need to perform better away. So I think it's something Klopp needs to work on. And that's the only negative I would really say is like obviously we won, but there's still room for improvement. Yeah. And that comes in Europe and in the Premier League because okay. we're beating sides up. It's like become a bit arrogant. That makes sense. And I think yeah, all no. I think all good players have a bit of arrogance about them. But you it's need like, to have it, yeah. But it's just they get to a point where they're expecting like they yeah. know that at some point they're just going to turn the game over and score four, even if they score one. So I think a bit of naivety at times on our count. But overall, mate, I'm happy. Three points on the board, a second in the league, one point behind Napoli. Yeah, so we're at a halfway point now. So in Europe for both of us, where do you sit? You sit second. Do so you? we're second. So Napoli on seven points. We're on six. So we've got two home games yet to come in the, the second half of the yeah. actual tournament in the group stage. So, what so you you'd like to confident? think, yeah, I'm confident, mate. I think Napoli will be a tough one like it was at home last year because they seem to have us worked out as to how to play against us. But I think Genk are up next and on how they performed against us away, you'd like to think we'd turn them over at Anfield again. Right, yeah. And hope Salzburg gets something away at Napoli. Salzburg would be, I think, out of the two ties, I think we should beat Napoli at home. I think Salzburg away is going to be a tough game. That I hurt. think so as well, yeah, it might be a tough game. Because Napoli went there. Young side, Napoli went there in this group, in this round. Drew, did No, it was 3-2. Was it? Yeah. It was 2 all. I think, with five minutes to go, and then just snatched it in the Oh, no way. So they're scoring goals for fun, aren't they, against all teams. They beat Genk 5-1, 4-3 against us, 3-2 against Napoli, so they're proving to be a hard side to play against. Yeah. Got a lot of talent. So yeah, up next, like I say, mate, is Genk 
on the 5th of November at home. So yeah, I'll just give you a bit of a run through mate, of um, what's going on in match day three in the Champions League. Okie doke, cool. So just key ones really. Atletico Madrid beat by Leverkusen 1-0 at home. City, even though I don't care about timing, that's a running joke. <laughs> Love that you say that. Uh, they, won, they won 5-1 against Atlanta. Atalanta rather. Atalanta, yeah, who um, who were the surprise package? The scored the most goals in the Liga this season. La Liga. <laughs> I know my football. <laughs> oh my word. Scored the most goals in Serie A this season. That's terrible. Um, Madrid won one 0 against Galatasaray away. Munich won an entertaining game against the Bicast three two. PSU destroyed Club Brugge five 0 Spurs destroyed I think it Red Star Belgrade, was it? It was Red Star. Five 0 yeah. at home. Chelsea got a good away win against Ajax in the last 10 minutes. Juve yeah, won 2-1. It, yeah. Barcelona won 2-1 away. Slavia Prague. And like we mentioned, Napoli they won 3-2. Inter Milan, again, won 2-0. Good thing. Dortmund. Beat Dortmund 2-0. Yeah, good performance. No and Benfica beat Leon and Valencia drew one all. So it's a pretty open tournament, really. There's some really big, strong performances by the big side, as you expect. But cool. I, think, I think you can't really call his own in the Champions League this year, if I'm honest. Like Barcelona are as strong as they used to be. Madrid aren't as strong as they used to be. By uh, Munich aren't as strong yeah, as they used to be. Still early stages in it at the minute, but no one's really come out and you'd, you'd look at them and think they're the team that you're going to have to look out for this season. Maybe Inter are playing better than anyone expected in the tournament. They're doing quite well, aren't they? So, so on to me. On to your Thursday night, boys, mate. To me, to you. So let's review this Europa League. So I, Can you just explain what this tournament is, mate? So what this is, is this is um, <laughs> for people that aren't good enough to go to Champions League. <laughs> But yeah, we, we're in the Europa League. This is where we are. So it gives us a chance to make a, a lot of changes in the side, which is, um, well, I don't know necessarily it was a good thing the way we've been playing, but it always happens regardless. So if you listen to the podcast, and I know Lee knows that I have been banging on about James Garner being good enough for the first team for a while now. So he got his nod and he got in the starting eleven. Did he actually play, yeah? Yeah, we got in the starting eleven uh, along with Brandon Williams. He dropped in at uh, left back. Martial was back from injury, so he was leading the line up top, which was um, good to see him get back. Lingard was back as well in the team, which I don't care about. And then we haven't played Maguire in Europe as of yet, but Maguire came into the side and captained the team. So not only was it his first time captain United, it was also his first ever European game. That's mad, that isn't, it? isn't that mad? That he's never played. The only one he's played for was for Leicester in a qualifying thing for the Champions League, uh, like a pre-qualification game. So yeah, so with him being first time captain of United and first time in Europe, he actually forgot to go and do the coin toss and the yeah, exchange of flags at the start. Absolutely. He was warming up when he was the, the squad. Yeah, exactly. With the rest of the squad, <laughs> and they had to shout him over, and he, he came hilarious. over. <laughs> so I was quite in buoyant mood going into this because I thought, let's see now how we get on. I mean, I know we changed the team a lot. But there must have been a good feeling around the squad from how we played against you guys in, at the weekend. Could be a bit of confidence because you yeah. played really well against so us, didn't you? We came out and I don't know, we just didn't look like we were going to go at the game at all like we did against Liverpool. But I thought, we're playing against Partizan Belgrade. We don't need to kind of have that intensity in this game, but it's always nice to see. So we attacked and we were on the ball a lot in the first opening runnings of the game. So in the 13th minute, come we won a free kick uh, on the right hand side of the pitch. Mata plays in a lovely um, in-swinger, right right in the perfect area, comes straight across everyone, back post. McTominay jumps up, heads it down and everything, and it's literally whiskers wide of the post, and he should score there. Should have bagged it. That's the second header now that I've, when I've been watching McTominay, and I've thought, the one against Arsenal and this one, he should be scoring there. I mean, he needs to work on his headers for me, McTominay, because they should be goals then. 
A lot of club experience, mate. He's, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he just needs to work on his heading because that, honestly, mate, it was on a plate. He was about four yards out. So, again, we, we attacked. We we had most of the ball. I want to say we attacked. We were kind of in their final third, but not really doing much. And 36 minute came. Wan-Bissaka wins the ball back on the edge of our, uh, on the edge of their area. And it falls to Lingard, who was kind of nothing in the game up to this point. And then he, he side-foots it. It goes around a few players, really soft, takes a couple of bounces, comes around the keeper, beats him, hits the post, comes back out. And then that's where, in moments like that, I just thought, we really miss a striker there. Like, like, like a clinical like, striker. Lukaku there. Just not so much for the shot, for the rebound. Came back off the post, and there was like a moment of, oh, no one's like, Lukaku would have been in there, and off the post, bang, goal. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper poacher's goal. Yeah, yeah. We missed somebody like that up there. Someone hanging around this yeah, like the, box. The, clear, the nearest person to it was McTominay that was blundering in trying to get it, but it just got cleared out of the way. So from that, the ball goes straight up to our end and you think, yeah, but we're getting into the game here. And then Partizan go up, counter-attack, blistering shot. I think it was Sadiq. It may have not been. I can't remember 100%. And they rattle the bar. Absolutely rattle the bar. Squeaky bum time. You just thought, jeez, like, <laughs> it's just so ropey. Uh, and then again, nothing really much from the 36 minute then. We had quite a lot of the ball. Partizan did look like, I was always thinking, like, they could do us here on the counter-attack. But then in the 41st minute, Brendan Williams, Brandon Williams, sorry, who is really, really good going forward. He's a bit like, if you want a comparison to a Liverpool player, he's like Trent where he pushes forward loads and he goes forwards, getting into the box. He's comfortable on the ball. Yeah, he's he's not so good at the, going, uh, the work backwards, but going forward, he's brilliant. He drives into the box. He's trying to beat a man all the time. So that's exactly what he does. He gets into the box, gets the wrong side of his player, and they slide in. I mean, two of them come in, really. I think there's a mix-up, but it's, it's definitely a penalty. And then our penalty taker, Tony Marshall, steps up and, and scores again, as the song says. Just slots it with ease, takes the keeper the wrong way. So that's 1-0, 41st minute, you think, right, sweet, brilliant time to score. We go in at half-time, and then we, we come out half-time, literally, mate, we're like not really a different team because we played not great in the first half but it's just us like not hanging on so much but not doing much hanging on and then when we get (laughs) yeah and when they get the ball they look to really like they they had us on the back foot a few times so in the first 51st minute sorry uh, Zuma comes at us and he's running at Maguire mate and all he does is he just he just shifts feet like quick drops a shoulder. Maguire dives in and he has a dig from outside of the box and, and Romero gets down well to his left and saves it. It's just like I say, it's just pretty much partisan just coming at us for most of the most of the second half. Seventy third minute then is the next real clear cut chance for him. They open us up with a direct ball in from midfield. It's it zipped into the edge of the box and it's a little one-touch pass into Sadiq, and it kind of bobbles up, and he slices across it on the like kind of half volley, and it's going in the bottom corner, mate, at pace like a grass cutter, sweeping in, and then just the curl just takes it just past the post. It's one of them where you're like, oh, oh and you think it's like in. Like the weekend. Like yeah, yeah, one of them where you just think it's in. So we got lucky there, really. Again then, 82nd minute, they get a corner after some more pressure and they throw it into the near post and they get a header and it kind of comes off Brandon Williams' back really close to the goal line and Romero reacts and he has to make a brilliant save. He pulls off a top save like proper... And that's the 82nd minute if they score there. (laughs) Then you can guarantee it would have been our backs against the wall for the last 10 minutes. So basically, yeah, we hold on for the win. It was a very, very, very 
it was like I said against AZ Altmar game in the last European podcast. It's 90 minutes that I'm not really going to get back in my life. Watching United be dull to watch, was it? is just very, very dull at the minute. And especially when the most action that coming it's coming at you is from the Partizan Belgrade team. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a win and it's a clean sheet and it's away from home in Serbia, which is always hard to go to. And I said at the start of the campaign, I said we've got quite an easy draw, but we need to make sure that we're getting points away from home. And that's what that's the most crucial thing, mate. We've got four points in two away games. Yes, the, the standard of play has been terrible, but the main thing is that we qualify and hopefully we can grow into the tournament. You've got your first away victory, mate, in ages. That's our first away win, mate, since March. It's wow. crazy, mate. That's, this is Man United we're talking about, and it's our first away win since March. Who are you? Who are we? We're a shadow of our former selves. That's, that's, who are you? And then we shout that back at you. We're not the team we used to be. We were once champions of Europe in 2007, was it eight? We get the point, like I say. Uh, so at the halfway point now in, in Europa League, sits us on top of the group with seven points. With two wins and a draw. So we're sitting pretty there, really. With, like you said, for Liverpool, we've got two home games to come. Hmm, so... So yeah, like you can't when you look at You're the, gonna qualify, when, you, when you look at the facts, you can't be annoyed. But when you watch the actual games and the performances, it's annoying because it's not good. It's not, it's good not what at you all. Ex- how you expect is it for United? No, I'll just go through some of the Europa League uh, results for you. Like I say, it's a massive competition at this stage, so I won't go through everyone. I'll just pick out the main ones, the key ones. Sir. So Roma drew one all with uh, Bayern munching Gladbach. CSK Moscow lost at home to a team I've never even heard of and can't pronounce the name. Karabag and Apoel near Nicosia, they drew 2 all. Celtic beat Lazio 2-1 at home. A bit of controversy in that game because the Lazio fans were as walking down to the ground doing um, Nazi salutes and stuff. It's <laughs> crazy, man. Mate, these ultras, like, it's in Italian football, the fans are just mad, aren't they? They just take things to an extreme, don't it's they? It's madness. It's like we all care passionately about our football team, but not to the point where you cause offence. Oh, it's You're crazy. racist, just like... Yeah, so that happened on there. Sevilla, comfortable 3-0 win at home to Dundalanga. Arsenal with a jammy, jammy win, 3-2 yeah, against Victoria. The Pepe come on and scored two late free kicks. I mean... One from about 25, 30 yards out, and then arguably the better one was the closer one when he put it straight in the top corner in the 94th bloody minute or something. So Pepe's actually started to do something for them. Eintracht Frankfurt beat Standard Liège. I'll just mention this one. Cluj won away from home against uh, Rennes, and there was a double sending off in that game. Uh, Sporting Lisbon 1-0 home win against Rosenberg. PSV drew at home to LASK. And the last fixture... Krasnodar beat Daniel Sturridge's team Trabzonspor away so Trabzonspor with a hot I wonder if he's playing for him he scored last weekend I think from what I remember I'm sure he did get, get off the mark with him last week they've been getting matched fit on these not really I was just about to say he wasn't even on the um, the team sheet for that game so shock horror he's well, probably well, when, when I beat with with them on FIFA with <laughs> United he wasn't in, even in the squad well that, that, that's because FIFA don't update things these yeah, days updated it was well yes so yeah, so that's the uh, that's the European reviews done. What we need to talk about is so, the results of last week, don't we? Because so, um, someone got on right. So obviously, I totally forgot about this, but we predicted the game. So I predicted. What did I predict, Lee? For the uh, Partizan Belgrade v United. What did I say? What did I say? What pains me to say? What did I say? That you predicted one nil. Yes. So and he takes the lead again in the predictions. Three two. Three two. 
Come so, on. It's early days yet, mate. It's early days, it's a long don't season. Don't forget, in the last podcast, we're starting to predict the women's games now, so... Don't be premature like we were last year when we were eight points clear. No, no, we're premature. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I currently go in the table of predictions 3-2 up, and as we say... We we think we've we've got our forfeit at the end of the season. We've established so. the forfeit, haven't we? Yeah. So <laughs> should we tell them what we think it's going to be? Come on, mate. So this is what we're proposing anyway. We're proposing that whoever is the whoever is the winner with the most predictions correct at the end of the season gets the joy of watching the loser go and get the original Ronaldo haircut of the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, which was the shaved head with the stupid little fringe at the front. <laughs> And then the caveat is going to be that we don't know if you've got to get the other team's name shaved into the back of that as well, but we've definitely got to get the Ronaldo haircut, so you've got to walk around with that for about four or, weeks. Or we're open to su- suggestions for some terrible footballers' haircuts. If you want to throw in any any forfeits or anything, then drop us a line on our socials or, or our Gmail account and let us know. G- Gmail, who calls it that? Gmail. <laughs> Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Um, let us know if you've got any better forfeits for us. But so I need to sort this out. Get the predictions correct, though. So we'll go into the previews, which will give you another chance to predict some games. So who have you got next home? Next game, sorry. So we've got Genk, mate, and the reverse fixture. Ah, right, yeah. So with it being at home and the fact we scored four against them away without performing that well. Yeah, you should turn them over, shouldn't you? We should really turn them over at Anfield. You were close, weren't you, to be predicting it right? To be so fair. close, mate. Last last five minutes and I'd have had it in the bag for you all. You would not be sat here gloating. <laughs> <laughs> so for the reverse fixture, mate, I'm going to go for a confident home win. Clean sheet. Yeah, I'm going again. to say clean sheet again as well. And I'm going to say, it all depends on how we perform this weekend against Spurs, if I'm honest. If Spurs gives us a tough game, it'd be a low-scoring match. I think like 2-0 or something. But if we turn Spurs over quite easily, and say some energy, it'd be like 5 or 6 so I'm going to go for an in-betweener. I'm going to go for 3-0. 3-0? Yeah. Damn it, you just wrote my prediction. Bastard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go for 4-0 then. You want know, for 4? Yeah. God. Yeah. It's in the bag, mate. There's the predictions for that game in, in the, the bag. bag. But yeah, it all depends on what effort we put into Spurs. Against, that's the most important game for me. Spurs yeah. away this weekend. So if we win that and we were to just win 3-0, I'd be happy next Wednesday. So our next game in the Europa League is uh, Partizan Belgrade at home. is a similar situation to Champions League. It's a reverse fixture. So, see, it's a different kettle of fish when we're at home. You just don't know. We we didn't do great against Astana. Astana was awful, mate. Partizan are a better team than Astana. So I think we are going to... We could draw it. I feel like we might snatch it. I'm going to say... I don't think they'll score Partizan. They're away from home. They come at us a lot at home, but I think they'll be a different team away. Can we score two in a game? It's a bit... I mean, that's that, an ask. What a question that is. Can United score two at Old Trafford? Which is something you never said a I year know, ago. Yeah, but it's a genuine question against Partizan Belgrade. I'm saying 2 0, mate. I'm going to say 2 0. Oh, you've got my prediction. So you're saying 2 0, mate? Yeah. In that case, I'm going to go for a repeat score of the away game 1 0. Okay. So the predictions are in? The predictions are in. So we've got a, clean sheets. We've both got for clean both sheets. Home wins. I haven't had a clean sheet in a while. <laughs> You messy bastard. <laughs> or clean boxes for that matter. <laughs> if anyone can help me out on why my boxes are always dirty, then please drop an email. <laughs> please send us some washing powder. <laughs> <laughs> please send us some bold washing powder. <laughs> yeah, so we've gone for, Lee Boy's gone for a 3 0, and I've gone for a 4 0 at home to Genk, and I've gone for a 2 0 at home to Partizan, and Lee's gone for a 1 0. For 1 0. Both keeping clean sheets, mate. Yeah, so we're done there. So that's the. Uh, is that the show? That's, that's the that show. is the show. That is the show, yeah. 
So thanks for listening to our little European special. We'll obviously be back with this one now in a couple of weeks after the um, next European fixture. I think it's a couple of weeks' time, isn't it, now, till we play the next European fixture? Yeah, it's, uh, I think the fifth and there's a two-week gap, I think. Yeah, so we'll be back uh, after those fixtures with this one for you. Other than that, it'll be next week for the normal show after the Premier League game. So thanks as ever to everybody. I never get sick of saying thanks because we really, really do mean it, both of us, even though I always say it and Lee looks at me as we say, I say thanks. Why are you thanking people? <laughs> <laughs> no, but say thanks, Lee. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> no, we genuinely mean it. So thank you very much if you're listening. It's really, really appreciated. We really do uh, love you all. Without you, we're nothing, are we? Let's be honest. Honestly, mate, yeah, it, that's, that's the plain and simple of it. There's no point without anybody listening. So thanks very much, everybody. If you like it, tell a friend who may like it as well. Some people that are maybe in the same situation. We've had some feedback of some people that listen in, in Lee's work and stuff. And, and I've got a, a couple of people that listen and they all seem to like it. So thanks very much for everybody as far as feedback. If you want to leave us a review, if you're listening, a five-star review will be wonderful, if you don't mind. You can leave those, I think you can leave those on iTunes, so thanks very much if you do that for us. If anyone leaves a review, we'll, we'll obviously read it out, Give you a shout out. on the show. Uh, if you want to contact us, like we said, you can um, drop us a line on our email account, which is redsiderivals at gmail.com. Any of our socials, which are at redsiderivals on Twitter and Instagram. And we're on Facebook, Redside Rivals Social on Facebook. So uh, thanks very much as well to Mr. Will Rice for our musical theme at the start of the show. And that's us done and signing out now. So, cheers. Thanks very much, everybody. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you for game week 10. Yes. And hopefully I'll get a prediction right. Never. (laughs) Bye-bye.